You're listening to the Ringside Podcast. Welcome to Ringside. The show that brings you all that is pro wrestling news, interviews, and opinions. Oops, I'm breaking the fourth wall. Woo! You know what? You know what? You just made the list. Really? With Daniel Spencer. The jabroni beaten. Pie eaten. Jeremy Wallman. That I'm the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. And Eric Cornish. And I think that the spotlight should go on top of me. And now, let's ring the bell and start the show. Welcome to the Ringside Podcast. I'm Daniel Spencer. I'm Jeremy Wallman. And I'm Eric Cornish. We are live in 2022, the first episode, season six of the Ringside Podcast. Holy <laughs> cow. Wow. I, I'm, 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 a little, I'm a little shocked that we've made it, uh, made it that far. Uh, who would have thought, right? I mean, now we had very less episodes in season five. It was a, it was a short season. Uh, for us, just because of their busy, <laughs> our busy lives, so um, I'm just amazed that one of us, at least one of us, didn't get released. Right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we didn't get released. <laughs> We're still here. At least, at least. At the, well, I don't know though. They, they, we still got a whole year. We'll see what happens. But episode is there something y'all are trying to tell me? <laughs> episode 156 of season and overall show, but first episode of season six, guys. I'm. I'm excited for this year, um, and um, just ha- I hope everyone had a happy new year and a, and a good uh, Christmas holiday season too as well. Absolutely, yeah. It was um, it was quick, <laughs> but uh, but let's let's get on with uh, 2022 and trying to make it the best we can. Now, and, we'll say, uh, I will say this: um, my original plan to make the first show of 2022 is going to be uh, we're going to record it next week as we're recording this because. This weekend, by the time this airs, you may have seen it. It may have not. It may be coming up because I'm going to put this up pretty quickly. But we got Hard to Kill. Uh, Impact's mm-hmm. Hard to Kill this weekend along with TV taping. So, you know, we can't really – I was going to plan on talking about Hard to Kill and a bunch of other stuff. But today in the area we live in in Louisville, Kentucky, um, we had snow. We had a winter, winter storm. And uh, that canceled – all of our plans for normally what we do tonight. We're normally at the OVW since this is the official podcast of OVW and me being the senior official and Eric being the voice of the Valley and, uh, and Jeremy, me being the senior fan, apparently. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, well, Jeremy, Pro being, Joe, man. Well, Jeremy being the, the uh, OVW insider, I'm giving you, I'm giving you a little more credit than that. Um, so, um, you know, I'll take it. It, it, it. You don't get that much from Daniel Spencer. So I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> it just was like, hey, do you guys? Since we our plans got canceled, do you want to do the show? And it seems like we were all of it, we we're clearly all available. So we decided. Well, to yeah, do I don't know if you've heard, but my wife left me a couple of months ago, so uh, I've been pretty down. So I'm, I'm glad for. I mean, she comes back tomorrow, but she's she's been gone. <laughs> I, was, I was waiting for the line. I was like, well, wait a minute, uh, I, that's not the way I heard it. Okay, it just took her forever to find those dang cigarettes at the <laughs> store, man. <laughs> She said she'd be right back. Gosh. <laughs> well, yeah, you're t- you're talking about the snow, and I, you know, we have a lot of people at OVW that that come from other states. A lot of our performers are, you know, from states all over the place. So 
I can tell you myself, I mean, all three of us, we live in the Louisville area, so it's pretty easy for us to get there. But uh, but I work about 45 minutes away in Elizabethtown, and the difference between Elizabethtown, where we got about eight to nine inches of snow today, as opposed to when I get back to Louisville and we had about two, but either way, it was roads were very treacherous, so it was a good call to go ahead and suspend those tapings. But as we get into next week, we'll have a, a one big set of tapings before we head to the Nightmare Rumble, which is going to be a good time. So mm-hmm. looking forward to that. Yeah, Nightmare Rumble is great. Let's go ahead and talk about it real quick. You've got um, the first ever OVW Women's Rumble. In addition to that, you have the the uh, Nightmare Rumble as well for the man. Um, and then um, you've got uh, the main event of the night. You've got Jesse Goddard defending the National Heavyweight Champion, Chip, against um, um, formerly known as, uh, you know, Chris Masters, um, but um, but yeah, he's and he, of course the Master Lock. I love how they uh, they tease that yeah. on VB TV. But um, but he's the what what title does he hold in NWA? He's right the NWA National Heavyweight Champion. So it's National Heavyweight Champion versus National that's, Heavyweight that's Champion. I, I, I didn't want to I didn't want to say it incorrectly. So thanks uh, for the Voice of the Valley for coming in on that. But um, being that, unfortunately, I have another booking. Um, set for that weekend, uh, and if, I'm going to be at doing a Impact Wrestling TV seminar uh, in Denver, Colorado. So therefore, according to Al Snow, he had to bring in um, somebody that can handle it. And that there's is, only one other person that that could top Daniel Spencer. No, there's apparently, plenty, there's plenty more. But <laughs> Ricky he had, Chevy, <laughs> he had to bring in one of the, he had to bring in the goat, uh, Earl Hebner. Is going to be officiating that, and um, man, uh, well, it's going to be pretty awesome to see Earl Hebner in the Davis Arena, and um, in an OVW shirt, referee shirt, and I'm I'm kind of disappointed that I'm not there, honestly, uh, for this, but um, I'm sure we'll get Earl back in the future, hopefully. So, well, that's not all. Of course, you mentioned Chris Adonis, you mentioned uh, Earl Hebner, but that's that's not it because we'll have other special guests there, a uh, special meet and greet with uh, formerly known as Damian Sandow. Yes. Yes, we'll we'll be there. The one and only uh, Aaron. Uh, what's his name? Aaron, Aaron <laughs> Idle Stevens. Aaron oh, Idle Stevens. Sorry, Sandow was all I could hit in my head. Sandow Mizdow. I oh, like, I, I call Chris Chris Masters, even though he's don't go by that anymore. So yeah, yeah. it's all good. Um, you know, but and, but but we I'll know be that, in attendance yeah, as Jer- well. Jeremy so Wallman. You- that's what I was going to say. You beat me to it. And Jeremy Wallman, the OVW Insider Ringside Podcast. Um, I really wish that was true. (laughs) And there's still one more. We haven't covered them all yet. There's going to be a special, if you are a trained wrestler, if you are a trained, any, any kind of performer in within the business and you want to attend a seminar with one of the best Scott Garland, AKA Scotty Too hottie is going to be there before the show. Uh, $30. You could be a part of that seminar and learn from the best. I mean, he just was in NXT for the last six years. So tell you what the seminar him, I tell you having a seminar with him, that's just too cool, man. Huge. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> the stink face. Now you're going to be gone or else I know you'd worm your way in there. I would be there. Yeah, I would be there if that was the case, but I will be, I will be gone to do my own seminar. Um, with the lock, with the, with the, um, it'd be kind of a, it's kind of a four, a four, Four or five people seminar. I got to remember, but it's D'Lo Brown, Josh Matthews, Madison Rain, uh, Bob Evans, um, and um, and me. So yeah, talking about a little bit of everything. So pretty cool, yes, indeed. Um, 
All right, so um, that's enough for that stuff. And then once again, hard to kill this weekend. If you're watching, if you hear this before Saturday, you can order it on fight. Even if you see it after, you can always go back and order it on fight. Don't miss hard to kill. Going to be a great show. Impact TV tapings in Fort Lauderdale on sale now. Impact TV tapings in New Orleans, in New Orleans on sale now, and soon. Louisville, Kentucky will be on sale, and I'll we'll let you know when you can get those. And maybe, maybe, maybe we can do some kind of giveaway for the Louisville tapings. That would be that, cool. Is that going to be at Davis Arena? It will not be at the Davis Arena. It'll be at the Paris oh. Town Hall. Oh, Paris Town Where? Hall. That's that's exciting. Paris Town Hall. Never it is heard a, of it. It is a beautiful new venue. It's uh, yeah. it's near the corner of Barrett Avenue and, and uh, Broadway. Yeah, beautiful. beautiful. Oh, it's beautiful. A, yeah. You know what? I, I saw. Th- I say that. I saw it the other day. That's the the hospital my dad's in's over there off of Barrett. Yeah, uh, it's um very awesome. And uh, you know, I'm just hoping that Impact Wrestling brings cool. back that awesome, awesome Artichoke Jenkins that was uh, at their last uh, Louisville event. Is he still alive? I think so. I think uh, I think he's out there. You know, he's he's one of those uh, '80s carnies guy, always looking for for a payday. Okay. I know he, he. I mean, he was already at a certain age, in nineteen eighty four. He was I, at I, a certain age. For, that's but, that's for sure. But, yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm getting choked up. <laughs> no, no. He's. Are you getting choked up or artichoked up? I'm so ah, horrible. I'm so uh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. That was horrible. Hey there. Hey, but that that makes like a couple of good weeks of wrestling because after that, at the end of the month, I believe me and Eric will be going to St. Louis. We will the be Royal there. Rumble. So yep. <coughs> that's pretty. Okay, awesome. let's He's wait for uh, Daniel to get uh, come back. No, you can to go ahead. I mean, there's two other people who can talk. I um, I shouldn't have ate. A oh, we got permission to talk, Eric. Sweet. <laughs> Anybody want a peanut? Um and um, yeah. So and we'll just say this: <coughs> if you're in this area, it looks like uh, well, <clears throat> I mean, again, as we're recording this, <coughs> the snowstorm continues because um. No school tomorrow for children in the uh, area, so I uh, would just throw that out there too as well. I'm sure that's was that was the cheer I just heard from upstairs. Oh, that was, <laughs> <laughs> I think I don't think my daughter has heard yet, so she's in the other room. So yeah, she'll cheer too. Um, so yeah, all right. Well, sounds like fun. Okay, so <clears throat> we got a lot. A lot has happened actually. Usually this time of year, there's not much news. Believe it or not. Um, I mean, ever so often you'll have, you know, I mean, well. Because right now, there's never a pay-per-view. By the time we do the end of the year review, there's already been a pay-per-view. And there's not another one. We're, we're now on the road to the Royal Rumble slash WrestleMania <clears throat> for WB. And there's really nothing um, going on um, anywhere else. But now, in the, today's world, WB has not only had a pay-per-view, they've had a lot of changes happen in the last, well, we say months, but definitely the last week. And Whether then, they planned it or not. Right. And then AEW's had a couple of big shows and debuts. <clears throat> and then, um, of course, Impact had their uh, throwback show that we were a part of. But then, um, and, and then you had your ROH stuff that went down and the announcements of what some of their stars are doing um, and coming up in the next little bit. So, like, it has been a crazy, um, a crazy couple weeks of news for for the time that usually is downtime, you know, so we have a lot to talk about. Where should we start there, Daniel? I don't know, but I will know. I will say this. I'll give us a plug later in the show, though. <clears throat> we are going to have a special guest. I want to spotlight. This is, we're going to talk about some negative stuff 
and I want to want to highlight um, something. So we're going to have a little highlight later on. We're going to have Jesse Jamal Morris come on the show to kind of talk about something that he he recently just experienced some big news in his life that just happened uh, the last week or so too as well. So we'll we'll touch on that a little bit later in the show. So um, <clears throat> all right, let's let's just go with this. Let's go with day one. Okay. Um, I didn't watch day one. Did you all watch? Well, I, I kept up with it on highlights or whatever, but I didn't actually watch the pay-per-view. But the big announcement on that day was that uh, Roman Reigns tested positive for COVID-19. Uh, yeah, so and then WWE tested positive for stupidity. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know. That's all about you, but whatever. So um, he, um, so he tested positive. So, therefore, they had to make changes. That match wasn't going to happen between him and Brock Lesnar. But Brock Lesnar was added into the four, fa- Fatal 4-Way, which slowly kept adding. It started as a one-on-one, turned into a triple threat, then a Fatal 4-Way. And then a 5-Way um, for the WWE Championship, uh, which turned out um, to be um, Brock Lesnar in that match and Brock Lesnar going over, becoming the WWE Champion again. Um, how many times down overall? Eleventh overall. For overall between between both. Yeah. Um, I don't know the exact count, but it's got to be it's got to be close to that. But um, well, I'll, I'll go first on this because I know I know Jeremy's take, and I want to hear his take. But he can he can rebut mine. I think I, I think they had no choice. There was nothing else that they could do at this point. It was too late in the process to. to get another opponent for Brock and you had to put Brock on the show. First of all, a lot of people were looking at this as a one match show anyway. I know I was, I mean, not, not take anything away from, from edge and Miz or anybody else on that show, but this was the one that had a really good story that people were looking forward to Brock Roman. You still really didn't know what was going to happen here. The Heyman thing was great. And this just gets dropped in your lap. Well, what do you do? You know, you either find a really, really good opponent for Brock that people are excited about, or you just do something big. And and what the big thing they had to do was put him in that match, and they had to give him the title. They had to. If he, being in that match, they had to. They couldn't do something where they got to pin on somebody else unless Heyman was involved in some shenanigans, whatever. They had to do what they did. They had to make Brock look strong because eventually he is going to face Roman, and he's got to look like this big, bad man so Roman can beat him. And uh, and I was just hoping that they would follow up the story the best way they could, and they did exactly what I wanted them to do on Raw with Heyman and him, you know, kissing up to Brock. And I hope, who knows, by now they might have already done it. I hope he does the same thing to Roman on SmackDown and says, hey, here you go. Uh, you know, we can be back together. We're on separate shows. We can rule the whole world with me, you know, being an advocate for both of you. So that's what I hope happens. Uh, and and by the time this airs, we'll know if I was right or wrong. So I, I think that with what they were handed, I think they did the right thing. Now, Jeremy, I know you disagree, so go ahead. I do. And first off, it says on it says on uh on WWE WWE.com he is a nine time uh world champion gotcha. and then a one time IWGP heavyweight champion. Gotcha. So I guess that'd be ten. I could have sworn though, Eric, to your defense, I heard somebody say eleven on, on the pay-per-view. The other day, I just don't think that you needed to make this rash of a decision because first off, the the it was a stupid pay per view, and and I know some people only read highlights of it, but let me let me define what I mean by stupid. Nobody cared about day one. 
day two, day three, none of the days, except for the new day. But it was um, happening. So what are you going to do? Well, I mean, the, the sales for the tickets were already not that great because of COVID. So you don't risk anything by dropping Brock from the show or you have Brock interfere in the main event. But man, you just completely crapped on everything that they they've tried to accomplish on Raw, and they were doing a good job of establishing that four person feud, uh, and you just took a huge deuce on it. And now, what do you do? Like, who's going to beat Brock on Raw? No, nobody. Even though Seth has in the past, they're trying to build him up to be the. We all know they're going to build him up to be this undefeatable monster, so that when Roman beats him, he can say, "Oh, I beat the unbeatable." So what's going to happen for the next six months or four months on Raw? They're just going to keep getting crapped on by Brock? Like, you you could keep Brock on SmackDown, affect none of the other shows, and, and, and it'd be okay. Like, you literally... Now, had this been the Royal Rumble or WrestleMania or Survivor Series or SummerSlam, I can see, oh, well, Roman was canceled out. We got to bring back Goldberg or Hulk Hogan or, you know, we got to do something huge. But for day one, I just don't see the... Uh, I just don't see the need to screw up the chemistry of your other shit. You're already, and I know we're going to touch on this in a little bit, but you're already diarrheaing on NXT at the moment and have been for the last several months. No need to do that to a second show, in my opinion. All right. I, I just think, you know, you've got a show to put on. The show must go on. You got to do something. And and I when you take, you, you can't take two of the top performers out the, the entire main event. I, I just think you got to do something and, so, but yeah, I mean, I get it. I get where you come from. I didn't like it either, uh, you know, for where they were going, but under the circumstances, I was fine with it. So as long as they finish up. All right. I hate it for Big E. I hate it for all of the new day. I, you know, I mean, KO, I mean, KO, uh, just, I mean, I know just going to say it with the new day, but dude signs a new deal last week. He more than likely was going to walk out of day one as the champion and have Big E because Big E is more valuable in my opinion chasing the championship than he is holding the championship he's more entertaining that way too i have as much as i love big e i've just not been entertained with him as champion and that's not his fault that's the that's creative's fault but you let ko win the title or not let him he earns the championship victory and then big e's chasing him to wrestlemania and then he wins it back at mania you, you just to me if you erase one half of the main event it's an easy out to say well that match is just canceled have Brock come out in a different match and interfere. Uh, have him come out and, and and do an interview about, oh, Roman, you're lucky you you ducked on me. I would have beat the virus out of you or whatever. You know, just something to, you know, because Paul Heyman's been uh, been referencing COVID in his, inter, his promos the last couple of weeks, and he's made it kind of uh, <clears throat> in an entertaining way. So you, I just think you could have done, I think this was the easy way out. I don't, I don't, I don't hate it. I don't love it. I just think it was the easy way out. So um, I, what was your – now, online, I've, I've been seeing the best match of the night was Beck's, Beck and Liv Tyler – or Liv Tyler, <laughs> Liv Morgan. That's so not I the first time you've done that. <laughs> no, that was that was night one. <laughs> so what was, um, what, what was uh, your thought on that? Was that? Do you think that was the best match of the night, or would you all say something else was? No, I like um, I like the tag match. I mean, those guys have wrestled a million times, but they they just can do no wrong. Uh, I I think they come up with a little something different every time. 
Um, and I'm talking about, sorry, the New Day and the Usos, that tag match. Um, I thought it was really good. A uh, good opener for the show. And uh, those, uh, they've just worked together for so long. It's, it, and it, it hasn't got old, really. I actually like Miz, uh, Miz and Edge. I like the tag match. I'm trying to pull up the uh, the card right now because I, I get some of the the some of it. Uh, let's see, getting some of it. But I mean, even even the pre-show, Sheamus and Ridge Holland versus Cesaro and Ricochet. That was a phenomenal match. And Ricochet, you know, I think it was Ricochet that busted up Ridge Holland's nose. Yeah. And uh, that was good. Then it was the Usos versus the New Day. That was a good match. Uh, Drew versus Mad Cat Moss was not a good match. No. And he ended up getting hurt. Uh, Street Profits versus RK Bro was a decent match. Edge versus Miz was good. Becky versus Liv was good. And the actual match for the main event was not horrible. I just No, it did what it needed to do for yeah, a short yeah, yeah, amount of time sure. and just you know fly through. I thought it was good. Um Go back to that uh, that pre-show match. I I really hate it for Ricochet because I have a feeling this is going to come back bad on him, and I don't think it was necessarily his fault. But uh, but to you know bust up Ridge Holland's face in the match, and then it really worked out kind of strange. You could see you could see uh, Charles Robinson kind of passing signals to you know what they were going to do, and for the heel Sheamus to beat the two baby faces that you know, should be the next two guys stepping up, you know, like on the second tier of baby faces on SmackDown and, 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 and Seamus beats them both. It's, it was kind of, but kind of going to ever let them step up. That's the problem when you have what they're doing now is creating unbeatable monsters on both brands. And, and in the long run, what that does, I mean, short, to, short run, it, it may make for exciting television, but in the long run, it just discredits everybody. Then when their contracts are up, they don't want to stay around and get jobbed out every week. So, I mean, I do, I, historically, I've not hated a dominant champion, but why do we need two Brock Lesnar's? You know, I just, I, I don't know. I just, Ricochet and Cesaro should be getting airtime every single week, and you barely see them. Yeah, I just think once, once Holland went out, you – like I wish they would have changed the finish and just you know let Rick, you know let Cesaro and Ricochet get get the win then you move on and try to do it again some other time it just didn't make sense for Sheamus to you know because if Sheamus would have got hurt and then you made Rich Holland go over him okay well cool that that's the boost that he needed right but Sheamus doesn't need that so I yeah I don't know it was weird but you again know the, you know the workers can work on the fly I think we saw a little bit of that last night on on dynamite when Ray Phoenix got his arm snapped in half and there was chaos. You could tell that people were in the referees. Head. I mean, Daniel, you know, this for a fact, you've, you've officiated matches like this where something okay. bad's happened. Mostly it's your refereeing, uh, you're officiating. That's the bad thing, but I'm joking, but it looked for, for as much criticism as I give AEW. I, I think they handled that really well last night. I, I you could see where, even as he's making the rushed pin attempt on on uh, Pentagon, I know I'm, I know we weren't talking about them yet, but uh, I'll say this real quick, and we can t- we can go back to it later. But you could see the look of worry on Jack Evans' face, or I'm sorry, Jungle Boy's face. Ja- I said Jack Evans, 
Jack Perry. Now you got me saying the wrong last name, Daniel. Uh, so you could just tell that they handled that horrible situation really well. We've all had one today, so it's good. We're all done. <laughs> yep, we got it all. Um, so, <clears throat> well, good. Yeah. Now we don't have to talk about AEW anymore. So we, we've talked no, about that. No, we'll, we'll go to that. Let's 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 stay real quick um, on WWE, but switch over to their other brand, um, NXT. Uh, first off, before. Uh, we're going in there. Uh, they had the um, evil. What was it called? New Year's Evil. New Year's Evil. <clears throat> New Year's Evil uh, show um, that uh, resulted in um, uh, Rick Steiner's son. You know the Steiner kid, um, Braun Breaker. I know. I just it's just funny how they don't. Wow, they don't keep calling him Steiner. It's beyond me. But um, they know. keep calling him the do- the young the young dog face gremlin. Actually, after he won the other night, his dad got in the. They showed digital network WWE network footage of his right. dad getting in the ring celebrating. Yeah. So I mean, of course, he goes over and 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 uh, good for him and and uh, with the title win and uh, I think that was the you know right move or or whatnot or how they're building building him up. But they're doing good there. But unfortunately, that's not the focus. Because the very next day, um, and this, and even the last couple days, uh, there has been um, more releases from the. But this is pretty much all from the NXT. Um, uh, pretty much the block and gold regime. Uh, the 2.0 uh, basically with, is is still a whole restart, and they're they're, they're showing it more and more with um, even with some of the other people. Um, <clears throat> so. Uh, I, I just uh, so thoughts and prayers go out to uh, those guys. I'm sure they'll, they're all talented, and you know there's many opportunities out there. But it, it stinks to know that you know you've done so much work and you get the call. And, uh, but uh, but guys, I mean they uh, you want to wrote they might have lists ready. You can roll down the names of who was released, or just go over a couple. Or uh, well, there's there's some that are really big. I mean, one that's not official, but it it looks like the contract's probably just you know. Finishing up is is Champa. Um, you know, he loses the belt, and I think I think Champa's probably done with all the rest of his contemporaries that were there. Um, and you know, so that you know, he can he can move on to something else, I'm sure. Um, it just sucks to see him go. Uh, the same goes for Roderick Strong. I don't know what his you know, his deal is, but you know, the rest of his buddies are over there on AEW. Not to mention, I think his wife has been doing some shows on dark, yeah. some matches on dark. So, um, I wouldn't be surprised to see him show up with that group. And then, uh, and, but, but the, the biggest names, um, first of all, from yesterday, as we record this were William Regal and road dog. Those were the, those were the two big ones. Uh, two guys who have done so much oh, road dog's you know, brother. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, that's true. Scott Armstrong has has as well, so we'll we'll add him in that mix too. So, Gabe Sapolsky uh, as well. Yeah, that he's, to, he's that was today, wasn't it? That was no, that was yesterday. Oh, I thought Gabe was just announced today. And uh, so those those behind the as far as behind the scenes go, it doesn't get much bigger than what those guys have done, you know, for NXT and and for the main brand. Really, I mean, you know, Regal Regal went out and recruited a lot of guys for the last decade or so that did make it to the, you know, the big time. And um, for him to be let go is just, that's a travesty, I think. And I think anybody in that program would, would say the same thing. Yeah, no doubt. Absolutely. Um, it's, uh, 
you know, it's it's <clears throat> you know, it's sad to see these guys go, and and there's a lot of confusion or what if or why or you know what's going on kind of deal. But um, you know, it, it's uh, all these guys are talented, and it just stinks that we're at another round. Now I don't know of any, you know, I don't know of any kind of um, uh, no compete clause and all. I don't know if there, there's one with them. I haven't heard that being reported yet. Yeah, um, so I haven't either. I don't know if these. I'm assuming the talent has them, but as far as like backstage people, I don't know if that means tomorrow we can see these guys, you know, pop up at on at Rampage. I, obviously, Rampage was taped, so no. But you, you know, what I'm saying like pop up on, yeah. on well, another the show. Battle of the Belts is Saturday, correct? So true. Yeah. that's live, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah. Well, and then there's you know, I mean, when you consider those three guys, and also who we just found out today. For a second time, Samoa Joe. Yeah, Samoa well, also, Joe. That, we already talked about him once on this podcast. It seems like a couple shows ago, and oh, they let him go. Well, then they bring him back, and then he wins the NXT title, and then gives it up for random injury, which we never did find out what it was. It's it's very oh the very injury was the launch of NXT 2.0. Just yeah. to, to let you know. Yeah, but if if any those three releases behind the scenes and. Samoa Joe tell you anything is that there is truly a divide and the Triple H era of NXT is done. We will and we will, and, and that's um, we, we I have a feeling that once we get a, a chance to hear from Samoa Joe cuz now we're going to get a chance. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, cuz let's just say <clears throat> hypothetically, let's just say they come back and offer him a job again before they before his time's up. I don't think he takes it this time. No. So, well, and I mean, he said last time that, you know, it was just, it was one of those things. He gets released. It wasn't, it was the same, same day. Triple H calls and says, I didn't even know it. Yeah. You want to come back on and do this? Yeah. So if that's the case, then he's a Triple H guy. You know, Regal was the Triple H guy and the, and the Armstrong brothers were Triple H guys. So I just wonder where, where is Paul Levesque? Like, where is he? What is he doing? And what's his relationship here with this family? Uh, and with Vince, because things are, all things, elite. Are, things are changing. Things are changing in this in this company, whether it's a sale, whether it's a divide between the family. I don't know, but something's happening. Triple H is all elite. That's what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> but no, also, I wanted to make sure we mentioned uh, uh, Runjan Singh was also he he was he's been very instrumental behind the scenes as well. Been there a long time now. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the um, <clears throat> the other. Um, thing is uh you know it, it's it's basically you know freddie puss jr has been out there talking about a new promotion um you know i mean is this is this an opportunity for someone like him and Nikola culkin and all these people these money to get together and and put together another promotion or or do they or do they partner with you know the other ones that are out there and and do something I, you know that there's a, i just see that talk out there too as well you know i said it on our year end show it could be paul of x time to move on to something else and do his own thing but i don't know i just think with as great of a thing as they have going on down in atlanta with the uh, nwa if you wanted to do something big partner up with them because they've probably got the least exposure out of all the main wrestling promotions uh with ring of honor being out of the picture right now uh, as a whole obviously they've got their stars wrestling on other shows such as 
NWA and uh, Impact as well. Maybe other places, I'm not really sure, but I just think they would benefit the most. And they've got their setup is still so. Now, I've not got to watch it in a while because the, the episodes are not free anymore. They did announce today that for $49.99, you can purchase an entire year of NWA that includes all the powers and all the pay-per-views. I think there are fight. USA shows coming back for free on YouTube, though, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, you get that with the subscription. So you get all that for $49.99 a year, which I probably will be partaking in that and then giving you all my password and login if you if you like. But... uh. <laughs> I think you take a risk and you do something with them or you wait for ring of honor to come back because can, can we really find a place in our hearts for another new, like we're struggling. Some of us are struggling with accepting AEW. Like how's, how's what's, what's going to be like when you try to put another one out there and they take some AEW stars and some, I mean, there's obviously enough talent for another main promotion. I don't think that's a question, but like at some point there's oversaturation. Yeah. It's, you know, fans are going to have, are going to have to make a choice. You know, you have the people that act like they're making a choice, even though they're watching everything, Yeah, but they're, they'll just hop behind one brand. I mean, eventually fans are going to have to make a choice and you're going to have to bring in new fans. And that's the one thing that I don't think any of these promotions are doing yet. Uh, AEW is still having a problem doing that. So, but uh, if, if we can get it to where, you know, somebody's bringing in new fans to the to the product and to the wrestling, the sport of wrestling in general. Then, then we we can talk about it. But you're right; there it could be some oversaturation. The um, another thing too is that uh, you know, I'm thinking with AEW right now. Down, yeah, they switch over to TBS. I thought it was very successful. I thought it had a great show. I mean, rating show that it was great, great show. We'll see how it continues. If so, then my prediction is right that the TBS switch was actually better for them overall in the ratings. And uh, well, they got less viewers last night than they got on TNT. So I'm not really sure. How, but again, as I've said this, I don't know if I said this to you. I know I have to Steve. Steve thought that moving to TBS meant oh man, there's so many more. They're like within. I think 92. I think. And don't quote me on this because this is absolutely not the way it is. But I believe TNT's like in. 92.2 million homes and TBS is in like 92.3 million homes. Well, the difference, so there's really not much of a, a the difference, difference there. The, the, one of the differences, though, I do remember when I had cable for whether I had satellite or cable or whatever, TBS is also in a when you're when you're if you're a channel switcher and flipper and you're looking at that, TBS is in a group that's more like easier to see like other channels mm-hmm. you like to watch where TNT's a little further further away and uh, grouped in up but that stuff. just depends on who you have because with YouTube TV they're right next to each other with Spectrum well, they're right next to each other they're right they're right next to each other when it comes certain things right but then but like direct TV they were they were not technically right in, next to each other and it just, in, in the old days TV. because if it was a super station it was kind of seen as a local channel kind of like WGN so you'd have those were typically like you know, 17 and 18 on your, you know, back when you had just the regular numbers or whatever, but I believe yeah, I, here I agree. In Louisville, I think it's like TBS was 27 and TNT was 43. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think right. so. Yeah. So, it was, yeah. So when you watch the guy that was very, pretty close, but I, I would be disheartened myself, which I've got a lot of gripes with them. So if you, if you ever want to do a bonus show where you hear me gripe about AEW for the whole hour, willing to do it. But, um, I would be disappointed if I got less viewers on TBS than I did TNT because one thing I will say 
whenever I, y'all know, I've told you a hundred times, mom, dad took us out. Once they both, like, once I got into high school, they took us out, out West, up East. I've been everywhere in the United States. And, and when we got into hotels, TBS was on most of the, on most of the TVs. TNT was not. But hold on. So, here's, here's, here's the other thing too, though. Did, and I don't know if anybody's reported this or showed this or anybody looked, but when you flipped it on TNT and you saw the hockey game or whatever was on or whatever was showing, I don't know what was on or, or basketball game or something, whatever was on TNT, did they have a scroll letting you know if you're looking for AEW Dynamite, it has now moved to TBS? Hmm. Did they do not that? Sure. I don't know. I'm not sure. But now, not granted, sure, but if, but granted, if you watch AEW, you knew they were moved. Well, true, but granted, though, there could be, there could be people, and I know there are out there, mm-hmm. that probably were like, well, uh, I guess they're not on tonight. Oh, maybe they're just on Friday. And when yeah. I'm not, oh, not AEW, no, no, I'm not AEW fans. You, they they live you. all week in their mom's basements no, for the, for the bills two hours. You, it happens. It happens. There's people that will be like, oh, really? Like they they don't they follow it, but they still don't. Follow all they would have done is get on Twitter and be like, oh, everybody's but, talking but about dynamite. It's those, on somewhere. I have a feeling those people that do that also don't use social media or have or use Twitter. <laughs> so I'm just saying, I, I'm just, I'm just saying you're, you're being way, way too lenient because I, that's all they had pushed for the last six months is that we're moving to TBS. I understand that, but it's same way when, in 2022. If they, back in the day when, why Vince got mad over, over the USA network, putting the dog show because how many times they advertised a raw that week was on Monday or, Friday instead of Monday, and then they turn it on Monday. And go, what the? See, heck that's is wrong? that's the casual list, uh, the casual viewer that I'm talking about. That's, exactly, that's the kind of people that you need to appeal to, and you need to get. And those are the people that won't know that it's going to be on a different channel, and, and won't know who's wrestling what night. They just know wrestling's on Wednesday night, and I need to go to TNT, and it's not there. Okay, we'll move on and watch a Friends rerun. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they're, they're not they're, a bad decision, though. No, no, but no, usually it would right. be on TBS. So if but they I'm just, change over to TBS, then they find it. But I'm I just guess. stating that there are people that had that. So a, hopefully a lower third was was put on there to let you know where to go and, and all of that. So, we'll, you know, we'll see. So, I mean, AEW, like overall, thought it was a great show this week. And, um, you know, I thought they did. Uh, well, um, I, I'm, I'm. How about the bait and switch on the title match? What did you think about the whole like, hey, we're going to have judges? And I, I had a feeling. Yeah. When the judges were who they were, they weren't really going to have any any major role in the match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, when they were Paul White and Mark Henry and Jerry Lynn, I, I thought if it would have been some special guests, could have had like a whole Terry Funk, you know, right thing like with Flair. But um, it was just kind of a bait and switch. We didn't even need the the judges and right, right. Well, I mean, and and you know, it, it was it was good, and I liked that they started off with that. It made it made it hot and. uh must see. I would say this though. Still, to me, the hottest feud right now, the hottest thing going, must see TV is MJF and CM Punk. And I know Jeremy, you have some opinions of that, but um, I'm okay with the mentions of the other company. I'm fine with that. I mean, you know, yeah. But if it was just Punk doing it, like bitter ex employee, that's fine. But it's every segment, every show, like get off of their nuts. Like we we get it. Yeah, you, uh, you don't like you. You're you, that's the rival company, but what it really makes you do is look like you're jealous of them. 
That's what it, I mean. That's all it does. Well, it's 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 punching up. It's what it's what WCW did for years. You know, giving away the results and all that stuff, and eventually it worked. And now it didn't work forever because you still got to you know follow up on it. But you know, I, I mean, I think it's 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 like that AEW fan that you're talking about, Jeremy. That you know they've they've become just obsessed with them and they hate WWE, so they they're eating all that stuff up. You know what I mean? When they're hating on WWE and talking about you know wrestlemania but, but they and, did it on the other show too remember they did it they did it on the other show too they mentioned it they mentioned somebody else and they, they talked about miz yeah yeah so i mean it, it, it they, they do it a little more casually on wwe well, yes, you know yeah although Sami Zayn that one time says when aw started yeah. goes, you could have asked me about aw and then that you yeah. know about- and coincidentally that's the only time that name's ever been mentioned on WWE programming, except for the Broken Skull sessions with Stone Cold and Jericho. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, no, I just don't like it. The whole Tony Khan before the show saying, well, "I guess we need to come out with a DVD called The Wednesday Night War, seventy-four and one." Like, okay, you talk so much crap about your opposition, which, by the way, that would be like uh, WWE paying attention, uh, given this kind of attention to um, gosh, I'm trying to think of, of somebody because all the promotions I know are pretty reputable. Um, that would be like, okay, let's do it this way. It'd be like the university of Louisville football team calling out Trinity high school, which I'm not sure they could beat at this point, but why do you go to Trinity high school? I know I love Trinity, but okay, I'm, just good. Saying, <laughs> I'm just saying like that's, but then you've been featuring the Undisputed Era on TV. You've been grabbing every single guy, pretty much, that has been released from NXT and putting them on and making it seem like they're great now. They weren't great a month ago when they were on Wednesday nights or Tuesday nights with you or whatever night it was, but now they're awesome. And just the, just the constant reference, it's just, gosh, man, just leave it alone. Like, give me a chance to like you. I w- you've got enough good guy. I mean... Adam Cole's one of my top 10 favorite. Give me a chance to not just immediately dismiss him now that he's, but that's all they've talked about. Like even the other the couple shows in a row, Bobby Fish has teased the undis and that's under, and, and Adam's like, you can't say that on this show or send him even oh, Adam Cole the, but, last but, night. But, but Adam mean, Cole said he was going to send Jake Atlas back on, to though, Orlando disagree, in the Indies. But hold on, I disagree there though. If, if I know you will, if, you if disagree those, with me no, all the time. No. If those guys, if those guys right there came from, everyone knows them from what they just did in the Undisputed Era and knows what they're going to do, they would, fans would be more upset that they didn't acknowledge and act like it never existed like WWE used to do when they used to come from WCW and they would go, oh, they act like this guy was never so-and-so just last week on Nitro? Like When Adam Cole first came in, Christian said he was going to send him back to the Indies in Orlando. That was uncalled for. Uh, last night, Adam Cole said he was going to send Jake Atlas back to the Indies in Orlando. That's where you just come from. That's not really. Or that's not but, really. But, it's it's just stupid to me. Like, stop talking about them. They're not talking about you. Acknowledging. Don't talk about them. Acknowledging that they're not Roman Reigns. They're nowhere near Roman Reigns. They nobody has to acknowledge them. Oh my goodness. Or Brock I, either. I, 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 I'm okay with it. I don't think it's too much. Now I think I know, it, but as you pointed out many times before, I'm just a fan. You're a professional, so it hits a it hits the fans a different way. Well, the, again, you're with the fan, really is disagreeing I, about it. I'm I'm just going to say this: like if, if you're a fan and you know 
You know the drill. You don't want your intelligence insulted like uh, Daniel was talking about. You don't want to, you know, all of a sudden Ron Simmons shows up and it's like, oh, who is it? It's Farouk Assad. You know, who is this guy in the blue helmet? You know I've what I mean? I've never seen it's, him before. You know, I, that, was a great, least, that was a great angle, by the way. Oh, Farouk Assad yeah, super, was awesome. Super. <laughs> but but that that's that's where it's somewhere in between. You don't need you don't need to completely insult the intelligence of your fan. But like when the, they know most people watch like eight both times, shows, right, but no it's just what eight times but, a show. But when it's the, too much. But when The Rock looked at Jericho and said, "You were you were you were a few months ago beating someone named Hooventude." Hooventude, and yeah, it was like was everyone, it that was nuts. good. That was good. You see, what I'm saying like it. Why was that's it because WWE is 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 the top of but they of do the it when tier. it counts. They do it when it counts. Right. I agree. I, I see where Jamie's coming from. All right. I see it. Right. I got it. like I would I never you. like if I'm if I'm which I never would bully anybody, but if, if I'm bullying a kid, I'm not gonna sit nobody's gonna pay attention to what they say. They're gonna pay attention to what I'm saying. All right. Well, let's put it this way. Again, uh, we could do a whole hour on this. I, uh, that's what I said earlier. I, I can piss well, and moan for an hour about as we, it. As we talked about earlier in the show, we wanted to say there's a lot of, there's a, you know, we had some, we're going to talk about a lot of negativity that's happened. A lot of stuff is kind of down. And I, and I don't think that was a negativity. That was a good talk. Jeremy was negativity, but I think uh, overall we were talking good about everything. The main thing we were talking about earlier, all the releases and stuff. So we want to kind of have some kind of a high note here. And one of the uh, one of the things that um, one of the things that we you know I wanted to bring on is I wanted to bring on uh, I wanted to kind of do a little interview, a little spotlight because a lot of things happened in the last couple of weeks, releases, whatnot, all this stuff. But one of the things that did happen um, this this these past couple of weeks locally in this area but also um it was unexpected and uh and and i want to hear his thoughts and opinions on why but uh jesse jmo morris um uh, you know in front of the show uh producer agent at ovw um you know made a decision and uh retired from his in-ring career um a couple weeks ago um here in this area and that was in madison indiana i believe is where he did it at and so um, I want to I want to bring him on, man, because he's had such a great career here in this area, and a lot of people know know who he is. And uh, so, Jesse, how you doing, man? Doing great. How's it going? Going great. Going great. I don't know. A little, apologize. I think you came in at the right time because you kind of you kind of stopped a fight between me, uh, Jeremy, and maybe <laughs> Eric too. I don't know. There's a little argument going on there. I think you heard a little bit of that, but uh, but no, I, I did. I did hear a little bit of it, and then I, I couldn't help but but. Eric's comment about insulting intelligence. That's the problem. See, you can't insult Jeremy's intelligence. So, <laughs> oh, there you, go. you uh, can't because it's so high. Except go. for, except Damo, for how like, would you like to join the show all the time? <laughs> <laughs> the, the only time I've ever had a lapse of judgment was when I hired the last guy to complete my dad's porch. Other than that, it's it's been it's been I'm I'm undefeated. <laughs> great, great comeback. Great comeback. Oh, there you go. Oh. Um, so, um, anyway, so uh, JMO, so we, you know, I gave him a lot of crap uh, when I found out because, you know, I, I me, I consider JMO one of my boys. I mean, literally, Jeremy was there the night, my very first night ever getting into the business, and I thought I, I had no idea it was turned into it was a ringside podcast, a guest. I was I was going to referee, and I ended up refereeing other shows and. JMO was one of the first matches that I did, and he took me under his wing, and we just we became like buddies ever since. And he kind of helped me go come to this show, come to this show, introduce me to this person, then this person introduced me to this person. Next thing you know, I'm on Impact Television. So that's kind of pretty much 
nutshell of what happened. So, so, so J-Mo's been there from the beginning of my career. Jeremy has to. But, um, and uh, Jeremy, hey, Jeremy was involved in that show. He got to knock out somebody, right? Yeah. He got to close on. He got to close on Roger Blaze, yeah. Yeah. So, um, but, you know, being that, you know, I called J-Mo one of my boys and everything, I was kind of like, dude, you retired? You had your final match and you didn't tell me? Like, yeah, I wasn't there? Like, I would have been there in a heartbeat. Like, I, you know, but... Um, I wanted kind of I wanted kind of him to come on and explain his situation why he decided to do it and, and make that his final match and retire. What led to that moment um, and why someone like me wasn't there, uh, smartened up on or anybody. There was a lot of people that would have been there. Which, then. by the way, thanks JMO for the invitation. I was glad to be ringside there with you for your <laughs> final match. Well, I, I can tell you guys not to feel bad. Not even the promoter himself knew. Um, and, and honestly, I didn't have any, I, I did, there was no predetermined um, thoughts that, that I was going to officially retire Saturday night. Um, I, I've been going back and forth with it for a while. Um, I, as I get older, I've had some health issues pop up and it gets harder and harder to recover in the ring. Um, and so like after a match, it's taken me three and four days to, to get myself back to normal. And it just, it starts to take a toll on you after years and years and years. And I mean, like I'm already to the point where like I could just be walking and, you know, the room will just start spinning on me. It's kind of like a, a vertigo that doesn't go on away um, just from taking so many bumps over the years. So there's things that that's led me to the decisions to want to do it. Uh, but honestly, Saturday night, I did have a match scheduled. Um, and during the match, like the crowd was super hot. It was for, for the area, um, for the show that I was on, probably the biggest crowd I've ever seen them have. And, um, and so it was, it was, it was just one of those things when I came to the curtain, the crowd was really hot. They were behind me the whole way. Um, we hit the three and I stood up and when I stood up, literally it was to a standing ovation. And at that moment, like the emotion just hit me and I just knew at that moment, it wasn't going to get any bigger for me at that point in time. And I decided to go ahead and take them off. I took them off right there in the ring, and the rest is history. And here we are, and now we're talking about why I did it. <laughs> but uh, you know, I've been I've been in the business for twenty years now, and that's a, that's an accomplishment within itself. There's not too many people that could say they wrestled for twenty years. So like, um, so I, it's accomplishment within itself. Um, I'm still going to be a part of the business, as you mentioned. You know, I am an agent at OVW. Um, so I'll be back backstage, be behind the scenes, helping these younger kids develop and get better and hopefully put on great matches like I've been able to throughout the years. So I'm looking forward to the next chapter of my career. Real quick, um, I think they probably have some questions too, but I'm going to kind of uh, touch, 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 go back a little bit on your, uh, your decision. I mean, I know you said you didn't, you know, it was all, and we, we've had a different conversation outside of this. We were actually really talked about it and you explain your whole situation i want you kind of reiterate a little bit you literally going there to do this show i mean you um like if i'm not mistaken i know you kind of said after the one two three but it was sometime during the middle of the match you were like i think this is it like right like, yeah where, 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 where absolutely did it, where did it hit absolutely. you absolutely um absolutely um so uh about halfway through the match i ended up hitting the, the, the kid with a spawn buster and he ended up cutting me off, um, giving me a big boot to the face. And um, the crowd just, like, it was there. Like, the crowd was going nuts. They started chanting my name. They were getting behind me. And, like, 
I, I can't even explain it. Like I, I've, I've wrestled with it for, for a good solid year or oh, yeah, so. Um, we went back and forth. Yeah. I know that I've personally wrestled. you, you had a scheduled final match. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say when it was or who it was against, but I remembered I was, you asked me to come in. I was literally going to referee that match only on that show. Yep. This was before COVID. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I agreed to do it. And you, because you explained with your health and different things going on, you was like, I, I've got to. I think this is going to be it. That got canceled. It didn't work out. And then you were starting to work on yourself and getting getting healthier. You were like, Well, mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know yet. I, I don't. I'm feeling okay. You know, and you've done a couple th- couple shows at OVW, at house shows, and a TV TV spot there, here or there. So you were like, I, I think I can. I, very, I'm not gonna be able to go every week like I used to, every once or even once a month. But I think I can go every so often, so I'm gonna right. hold off on that. So you know, you did think about it, like you mentioned at one time, you had it planned, and then you were, um, you kind of like, you know, put it to the side a little bit because you did start feeling better, start working working on things. So was there anything? And I don't mean to pry. Was there anything health wise over the last couple months that really kind of like, if I'm gonna do this, I might need to do this soon. Uh, not necessarily. Like, honestly, I feel better right now than I have in a while. Um, I'm not going to get too much into my personal health and, you know, what I've got going on. I've I've shared that with people that, that, that I'm close with and they know. Um, but like, honestly, like, and, and watching the match back, cause I've always said, I didn't want to be a shell of myself. I didn't want to be that guy who was still sitting in a locker room and everybody in the locker room knew it was past me, but me, I didn't want to be that guy. I've seen that guy. And that guy becomes bitter and it becomes, you know, it's, it's just not a good place to be in. And, and I didn't want to ever become that guy. If I, I said, if I ever stopped having fun doing what I was doing, I would quit. And, and, but I never got like, I, it's, I never wanted to admit that I was done. Like that was the hardest part for me. I didn't want to admit that I wasn't what I used to be. I wanted to keep that hope alive. And I'll be honest with you, after watching the match back, I'm like, wow, I'm actually moving pretty damn good in the ring right now. What the fuck was I thinking? Excuse my language. No, you're good. This, um, is, a, but, this is a rated R show. You're good. But uh, yeah, it was, it was, but like I said, in that moment, I just, I just felt like it was it. I felt like that was Tom. And, and I'm, I'm okay with my decision. I really am. Especially, you know, waking up yesterday and not being able to stand up when I stood up out of bed. I was like, you know, I think I made the right decision. So, but yeah, I mean, it's just, there was nothing really like, uh, there was nothing really that said, okay, I, I need to go ahead and do this now. It's just, I, I've, I've been working, you know, on my health. I've been, you know, going to the gym, trying to get in better shape. And, but I've been doing that for me and I've been doing it from overall health, not necessarily wrestling. And I, I just, I got to the point now where I, it's not worth it to me anymore. Like I never thought I'd come to that point where I'd say destroying my body isn't worth it because it's such an addiction. It, you just have to, to, you have to stand behind that curtain and experience that for better lack of terms, just because it's what it's, what it's known as that pop to, to know what it's like to not have it. And so it's, I've, I've spent over half my life being JMO. I've spent over half my life wrestling to this point, more than I have been alive, I've been a wrestler. So I, I really don't know how to be Jesse Allen. I don't. Like, I've, I've become that person. And so it was very difficult. But at the same time, as I said, I think it was the right decision. And I think it was time. So um, as we mentioned before, uh, for the last, 
uh, I guess, year, a little over a year, year and a half. You've been behind the scenes kind of doing different things at OVW. One of the things that you've uh, recently been uh, pretty much promoted as a producer agent uh, in the in, in the matches. And, and for those of you who don't know what that is, it basically means that every every match has someone assigned to that to help them tell the story they're trying to tell. Um, creative decides, you know, what does what, and then the agent kind of goes in based on their experience and kind of helps, you know, put together a match or whatnot. Uh, another thing that the producer does too, or another thing that you're doing, J-Mo, I should say, is that you also are here lately, and I don't know if you've told this, you're also part of creative. So you're you're sitting in the booking meetings, you're sitting in the stuff, going over stuff. And this is something I've experienced you with when there was a local promotion called OPW, not the, but the P as in Papa, OPW uh, was running and you were kind of doing things and you, I, you know your mind was there when it comes to creative. So you're kind of helping in that aspect too, which also helps when you agent. So, um, you know, so you're not going away from the business at all, but what is right. it, explain the dip, what is it like being able to, you know, there's a difference between teaching someone how to how to lead someone in in the ring compared to leading someone as an agent. Can you kind of explain what kind absolutely difference absolutely. you get from each one? And, and I'll be honest with you, it uh, it's it made my decision a lot easier. Um, when it, as you said, me and you've had personal conversations, you know, on the side one on one, and you know how much I was struggling with it. Um, and even moving into my new role at OVW, there was times where I felt like I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't in the right place. I felt like I wasn't being utilized correctly. I felt like I was kind of like the odd man out, um, at, at times, but it was just simply my own doubts and my own fears that, that were putting those thoughts in my head. And once I, I, I once I freaked took advantage of the situation that I was in and actually started paying attention and actually starting to listen. You'd be surprised how much you learn when you just shut your mouth and listen. Um, I was actually able to use what I have. I was actually able to use my knowledge and I was actually able to, to be more beneficial to everyone. Um, and I'll be honest with you, that made my decision so much easier. Um, a part of your question was the difference between the two. I, I've, I've got, I've gotten more joy out of watching a match unfold on, on the screen that I've put together and watching the crowd reaction one way or the other, where they're going nuts or whether they're giving the hill to the heel. Um, it's, there's no other feeling like it when, when that moment hits and it's just like being in the ring when you're in that moment and you have that double down or you have that moment where the, the baby face is getting ready to come back and the crowd's there for it and the crowd's going nuts. Like to, to experience that on the back side of things, knowing you're the one that put that together, there's no other feeling like it. Like, and I guess that's what's made me um, easy, uh, made the decision for me easier is, is seeing what I have now and seeing my capabilities and seeing I could do so much more than my individual. Because one thing that I've, I've, I've always known about the business, but now being in my row, it makes so much more sense and seeing both sides of the fence. Yeah. And, and that, and what that is, is the, the show is always more important than any one individual. Always. There's the, the, the overall product means more than what they, and it's hard to see that sometimes as a wrestler and as an individual performer, but being on both sides of the fence now, it makes so much more sense. Yeah. 
Um, Eric, Jeremy, you have any questions? Jeremy, go ahead, man. All right. I, I just wanted to ask you, who's your favorite ringside podcast uh, personality? <laughs> now, mind you, two things. Um, one of them gets you sweet tickets for most games. Uh, so take that into consideration when you're giving us this answer. Well, they also have to be over six foot three as well. One of them also <laughs> helped get him in two separate promotions. One that he's currently has a job in. The other one he's had a spot in. So hey, the other one bought you a big red and, and accompanied you to Monday Night Raw. <laughs> Eric wins. Hey, that is true. <laughs> Eric wins. <laughs> Eric wins. <laughs> Although I, I mean, must, it was a big red, dude. <laughs> I, 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 will, I will have to give a huge shout out, and I'll be. All, I love all you guys. You all, you're all great. <laughs> uh, me and Daniel have a personal relationship outside of the business, so obviously he get a little bit of the nudge. But overall, you're all great. But I will have to give a huge shout out to Jeremy because three years ago, I think it was three years ago. Was it three years ago? Four years ago? Maybe three years ago when we played Clemson at home and Clemson came in as the number one team in the country and tickets were going for like $800 a piece. If you wanted to set in the UPS upper deck section and Jeremy got me two tickets for $13 a piece from a season ticket holder. So he'll always, he'll always be on top of that list for me. So well, big shout yeah. out to Jeremy for hooking his yeah. buddy up. Just yeah. like a bunch of cards fans it's, to it, look, stick together it, like that. It, you know, it, it's okay. Look, here's, here's, a, here's the thing. It's okay. Jeremy, you can have JMO. I got his wife T, so it's all that matters. <laughs> Wait, what? No. I got his wife. That, that's it. I'm his, I'm, that's and you can't right? I mean T Yeah, you you are her favorite. I'll give See, you that. There you go. There you go. <laughs> but but I, I do have to say, since we're on this topic, Jeremy, Daniel has season tickets. It doesn't take me to football games. Oh, so. now it comes out. So. Okay. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I have made you an. I had offered you, but you uh, one time and uh, on believe- a Friday night at twelve midnight, and they kicked off at noon. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think I think I was messaging you to offer you or something, and you either you were already like on the way on the road somewhere. I was giving yeah. you all four season tickets, and you were like, "Oh, dude, I'm." And I was I was in oh, Vegas. I, I had a show. I had a show that night. Yeah, yeah, yeah I was I in Vegas, that. and you were on the road. You were doing something. Yeah, yeah. So well, I I'll say this much. I mean, I, I know I haven't known you as long as these two guys have, but it's been really cool to get to know you uh, through OVW. And I think the the two of us were kind of you know for the last two decades we're in different parts of the state, you know, and and area kind of doing independent stuff so so yeah. you really didn't know what i was doing i really didn't know what you were doing but it's been cool to kind of get to know some of the stuff that you've been doing so if if you're gonna talk to somebody like me who hasn't followed you for the last 20 years what are what are two or three big highlights of of what you've done in the business outside of ovw of course right <laughs> that that's hard that's hard for me because i've never been one of those guys that tracked his matches like the the after after being in the business for so long, it, it it literally does become just another match. It really does. Like I've had some great matches with people that I had a lot of fun with, um, from Rob Conway to Nick Dinsmore. Like I got the pleasure of working with all the guys before they became these huge stars in OVW or, or in WWE, and even some of them afterwards. Like Rob, I had my match with Rob after he had his run with WWE. Um, and so like, there's, there's been so many matches that I've, I've learned from, and I've been able to pick up knowledge from so many guys that I've enjoyed working with. Um, but it, it's hard to just point out single things. I can tell you some of the, some of the, some of the stories that, that are just 
just unique stories that it's like unbelievable. Like I can't believe happened to me. Like, um, right after I first uh, got into the business, I was, I was jumping in cars, you know, traveling around with different people, you know, doing whatever I can to get my name out there, get my name, you know, getting spots on possible on shows possibly. And I hadn't been training two months. Hadn't even had my Kentucky license yet. This is, I'm about brand new to the business just now. Hey, I want to do this. Like work, work. And I start training type conversations and I, I get in the car with some guys and I go to this show and I end up getting to wrestle in a battle Royal with hacksaw Jim Duggan. <laughs> and oh. like, I don't even know how to freaking wrestle. Like that's how, that's how like, just, and, and, and like the only job I had was to go in the ring until he got there. And when he got there, he was going to clear house and throw everybody out. And so I got the pleasure of being thrown out of the ring by hacksaw Jim Duggan when I was 19 years old and a snot nosed kid didn't even still, still looked up to this guy cause he was on WWE television. So it was, it was, so I got stories like that I could tell along the way, but I mean, all in all, my career in a whole, I, I consider a highlight. Getting to do what we do is unbelievable. There's no other feeling like it. Well, like you, being a wrestler, there's no other feeling like it. You get the, the the joy you can put into people's faces. The the even even if you just the, I, there was a show we did. Speaking of Daniel, um, uh, talking about it when he first started, we did this show for this girl. Her name was Gracie, and uh, she she had this condition to where um um it makes the heart for her to walk and stuff because her bones get brittle and stuff and so we put on this show to actually um buy this girl a wheelchair and there's a video and i posted every year it comes up on my timeline on facebook because it'll never get owed to me this girl like literally was struggling it struggles every day to live like it, it's difficult for her to do normal things that normal kids do and in this video, when my music kits and I come out, she's chanting, go J-Mo, go J-Mo, go J-Mo. And it's like, even if it's just for 30 seconds, what if we can take the pain and suffering away from a kid who has this life-altering disease because they want to see us do what we do, there's no other film in the world like it. There just isn't. You can't explain it. That's awesome. That's awesome. That was I, that event that we all that we all you were talking earlier. That was your first first event that you really did outside of. Um, well, was it your first event that you did refereed? Yeah, it was the very first thing. It was. It literally started on this podcast. It was like our we we literally had um, big ticket Brandon Abel's on. And you mean the ticket stub? Yeah, the ticket stub. (laughs) We had we had him on, and I literally joked in the show. You need a special guest referee. I'm your guy. He said, "Yeah, absolutely. We can bring you on out. You're referee." I literally thought it was podcast banter. After we get done talking, he's like, "No, man, seriously, come out and referee." And I'm like, "Well, I've never trained, man." I'm, he goes, "You'll be fine. Come on out and do it. Y'all come." So we, the whole Ringside Podcast was there. As we said, we were going to be there. We were all part of the show. Uh, J.K. was there at the time. I think he did photo photos for us or something for the yeah, show. He took pictures. He took pictures. Um, I refereed, and um, and that show. JMO and Abels um, introduced me to um, Biff Wellington the third, and Biff introduced me to Too Tough Tony and Rudy Switchblade and um, Aaron Lamada and uh, and uh, Arau Lamada. I guess Aaron's his real name. <laughs> My bad. Um, and then um, and then next thing you know, uh, that turned into where at the time I we already had good relationships with with people at OVW and. Um, 
the more I kept training and doing there, and the more that it just opened up a door at OVW, and then boom, um, there you have it. And we had we had WHAS come in and do yeah. a, a bit with us before the the week of the show, and we got Tony Vanetti down there, and of course Tony Vanetti loves being in the ring anyway, so that, that was that was huge, that was nice, and it was it was it was it was a good experience. That was the night, coincidentally, that I retired from wrestling. The, the <laughs> grand opening, debut, grand closing. Debut, yeah, debuted and retired. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you're, you're, being Undefeated. The o, being the OVW ringside insider, you're you're uh, you're definitely uh, uh, get, found your niche. There. When you start giving me inside scoops, you can start calling me that. I'm the last person to find out anything. <laughs> Well, it's really cool, and I, I love hearing some of these names, too, because it's some of the names that I've crossed paths with over the years, too, just in different places, and I think, yeah, that's that's why I love sitting and talking stories with with, with the boys like J-Mo, and it's so cool that, you know, the three of us, uh, you know, J-Mo and Daniel and myself, we, we're all, you know, hearing his voice in our head for, like, you know, at least one segment at a time at OVW, yeah. Oh, yeah. because... Like if he's out there and Daniel's out there, if I'm out there, Daniel's out there. Of course, that's the voice we're hearing. It's JMO. He's yeah, telling right. us what to do and where to go. So, um, yeah. so we we all we all share the voice in one brain. So. Yes, and I try to do it without screaming, like some people. Ah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, well uh, you know, it's okay for me. I'm. I, um, it's the other refs you don't want to scream. Uh, I can I can hear I can handle screaming in my ear and still do my job. It's the uh, it's been too. Trust me, I've had many people scream in my ear before, uh, whether they're yelling at me or whether they're yelling at me to yell at other rest of the wrestlers. So I've had many people scream. Right. So I get used to it. Um, so some of the other agents like to like to yell loud enough to where the wrestlers could hear it. Yes, your ear. exactly. <laughs> I get very excited. They get very excited. Is the word I like. And to I use. do want to. I do want to give a quick shout out to a couple guys that. Um, Early on in my career, I learned so much from, and I got the privilege of managing them. And it was um, the the name of the team was HNIC, and y'all can put together what HNIC stands for on your own. But it was Apollo Garvin and uh, JB Thunder, and I learned so much about being a heel from those guys traveling around for six months as their manager that it was unreal, and it took me to places I never thought I would go. And I, I will always be grateful for them taking me under their wing. Because at that time, um, Apollo and them has been wrestling for a good 15 solid years before this. Um, not to mark his age or anything, but um, so. But to, to get the privilege that and get into spots and get under the wing of people that knew so much back then, I, I will always be grateful for. Yeah, and and he had a he had a little run in uh, OVW as well before um, he kind of retired, um, as uh, Apollo did. And uh, yeah, man, it, it's uh, it, he's he's a good dude, actually, very good dude. Yes, um, very good dude. And uh, he was kind of he was winding his career down when I was starting mine. So yeah, and I can tell you a funny story. I can tell you a funny story too. As I said, I got so many moments. Um, but I can tell you a funny story about working with Nick Dinsmore um, at OVW one time. They used to, uh, Daniel, you're probably familiar with this, and some of you guys may be familiar with it from being around the area, even though it was before y'all's time at OVW. Um, but they used to do these shows called Homecoming Shows. Oh my and they bring yes. some old guys and bring in, and we would always uh, work with um, Nick's students, and we'd, we'd have matches with Nick's students or whatever. Well, um, I was scheduled to tag with Nick and we were taking on a tag team in his, his class and Nick's flight got delayed. And so he literally got there 
literally the, the guys we were facing, their music was playing when they got there. Right. And so he's like throwing his, throwing his gear on. We're like going out, you know, just trying to throw some basic lines together. We get out to the ring or whatever. Um, of course I'm taking the heat. <laughs> um, and so, uh, we get to the heat and Nick's trying to get the, the, the fans to get behind me. And he don't remember what my name is. <laughs> and literally he looks at these guys in the front row and he goes, what's this guy's name? And they're like, it's J-Mo. They're like, he turns around and literally immediately starts clapping, chanting, go J-Mo. And that, so that was, that was a pretty fun experience <laughs> to, to, to experience. Cause he literally forgot my name. I know the guy for six years at this point, he forgot my name. So it, it was great. It was good times. Um, I've had a couple. Uh, yeah, that's, that's good. I, I, uh, one day I'll share a story of someone uh, forgetting my name even after I talk, told them like 10 times and then finally they got it at the end of the night. It was kind of funny. Uh, but anyways. Um, Can't wait to hear it, Dave. Th- yeah, those are good. good. It. So what uh, – so, I was about to say I can't wait. <laughs> great minds think alike. I was going to say great. Tell us about a little more about it later, David. J-Mo, where can they find you out on social media? Uh, so, so I, I'm still on Facebook, still on Twitter at, at JMO established 2004 on Twitter. Um, same with Instagram. So, uh, I'm, I'm there. You can find me. All right. All right. Um, Jimmy, you appreciate you coming on and, and sharing your story and, and thank you for all you've done in the wrestling business, but in your, what you're continuing to do in, with the young cats at OVW and maybe we'll see you up in uh G G C L W or G L C W. Oh my gosh, I said it wrong. Dave's gonna kill me. G L C W as well, uh, this year too, doing some stuff. Um so um, you know, we appreciate that and everything. Um, you guys, you can get us all on the podcast avenues, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio app, or just go to ringsidepodcast.com. You can get us on social media, the Twitter, the Instagram, the Facebook, at Ringside Podcast. Individually on Twitter, I'm at Daniel Spencer. I'm at Jeremy underscore CSC. And I'm at Eric on the air. All right, guys. Thanks for listening, as always. In the meantime, between time, until next time, you can catch us ringside. With a big red. Not released. <laughs> with, with a big red. <laughs> See ya. <laughs>